Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. This is Andrew Frezza, and in today's episode, I have Stu Brower from WTF Gym Talk and Urban Movement back on the show. Stu was a previous guest on episode 50, if you guys want to check out that. But Stu is back on the show this time to talk about his brand new licensing model, gym licensing model for Urban Movement, where you could apply to become an Urban Movement gym in your local city. And it's really cool. I love what we talked about here, especially for you guys, whether you want to be an urban movement licensee specifically, or you guys want to expand your gym beyond a single location, and you're wondering what's a way that you can do that. I think the licensing model is a really interesting way to be able to accomplish that. So again, I also want to share about our upcoming immersion, if you guys haven't heard about that yet where you can spend two and a half days with me and our team, seeing the behind the scenes way we run our gym, asking any questions and getting your individual problems tackled in those two and a half days. So if you wanna learn more about that, head over to sevenfigurebox.com slash immersion. But hope you guys enjoy today's episode and have a great day. I truly believe if you're a micro gym owner right now and right, I can't predict 10 years from now, but right now you're like, okay, I've been doing this for seven years. I did well. My plan was open up two or three more shops. 2020s made me just kind of like, oh, like I just like, it just, it's, it's at least put some hesitation into me into open up more shops. I see everyone talking about online and how there's no overhead. And I love, I love like they're killing it, but I'm a, I'm a fitness guy. I want to have gyms. How do I do that? There's one way and one way only. You have to create a brand with a replicatable system behind it. And then you either go franchise or license. It's the only way. Urban movement has two ways. Like we sell and retain, sell and retain every month, every month, forever and ever. And we open up more shops that have to sell and retain and sell and retain. Well, now I've got 50 individuals applying to have a license that will all pay me. And that's Urban Movement's third revenue stream outside of what we currently do rent and services uh, that we don't have to do it. I mean, we have to support, but it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's a significant revenue stream and I could put the brand in different cities that I'm not going to do myself. I'm not going to Austin, Texas. I'm not going to fucking Atlanta, Georgia. So um, it's, yeah, it's the only way, like, honestly, if there's a gym owner listening and they're like really taking note as to what like guys, like, like a second Jason, like I knew it. The second CrossFit shit the bed with the PR thing with Glassman, I fucking text Jason and I'm like, cause I knew he was thinking of doing that. And it's just like this, he dropped this like, duh, easy play makes sense. Yeah. You know, the OPEX gyms, they saw a little increase in their little show up, but like, that's it. You got to create a model, just have a small group interested, just like CrossFit did. And then that's so like, really like gyms like yours and stuff and people who've created a brand, that's what, like, I think it's a viable business option in the future. I yes. Really do. So what, when I was kind of thinking about it uh, and I heard about yours, I was like, you know what? I think that's a really cool future for the micro gym model. Like, I think it would be amazing to have a hundred urban movements, you know, 200 NC fits, a few hundred metabolics, a few hundred alchemies, all these people that have just a little different brand that know what to charge because you know as as you know one of the problems with so much of the crossfit model is we undercut each other sure. and in this case we could actually set a value for the market and actually you know yeah there's some competition but help each other out 
I see that as actually a really cool future for our industry is to have these little pockets of licenses. Is that how you're envisioning it? I envisioned it that, and I envisioned that I think I'm really smart and I'm really good as an architect on this stuff. However, I get a licensee out in fucking uh, San Jose, California, and he's like, bro, but have you thought of it like this? Cause like, I'm not in it. Like even like Isaac and Deuce, they are like, they, we all, cause I'm at, at my office is at the gym. We have like these inception like moments. Like, Oh my God, this idea. But can you imagine if I had 10 operators running it, they'd be hitting me up with good ideas all the time, but that's where Glassman differed. He heard all the good ideas. He's like, cool, just do it. I'm, I'm not going to tell everyone to do it. I don't want to touch the business side of it. Jason's doing the opposite thing. Jason's doing the same thing I want to do. I want to hear all these business ideas, test them out, try them, you know? And, uh, I think it's like exactly what a CrossFit community of affiliate owners is just better because it's actually structured and it's while they don't have to follow, do it my way. They don't have to charge 189 for 16 times a month. They can, you know, but like uh, it's, it's weird. It's this double-edged sword. What parts of it do you really want to try to control? Like things that come to mind for me when I think about your brand is like, I mean, your facility is incredible. And I got to think that, you're going to have to hold some kind of standard from a facility standpoint, or what are the things that you'd think yeah. you would actually be very strict on? We will aesthetics forward is, is obviously a big thing for us. So if your place is a dump um, I'm work, I've got a call tomorrow with um, Clayton Ferrer, owner of Rayquip equipment financing. They do finance gyms for upfit. So if somebody is like Stu, I I've seen your like, sound like you like, I've seen your places. It's, it's awesome. Mine's a shithole. But I really, I, I, I believe in your thing. I love this tempo training, I lo- but it's a shithole. Like, well, if you have plans to upfit it, what would that look like? And we'll take that into consideration in this because you're right. Like, and also like location, I'm not, I can't give an urban movement to someone in rural Ohio. This is silly. It just doesn't even make any fucking sense. You know? So like if you're in the burbs and like not right outside of a major city, this, it's probably just a weird, just naming convention. I mean, I was teasing Jason on that too. Like, like NC fit. Like I was like, ah, it would work for me, North Carolina fit, but I'm fucking Georgia, just weird NC fit. Like it just, it's a weird naming convention. Not that it wouldn't work. It's just a little odd. You have to, you know, really think you'd have to explain it to a customer. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, so I'm looking at that. And then the other thing too, is I'm asking a ton, like, so our intake form is stupid long. It's very long. Like, I, I think that'll be the thing that weeds people out anyway. They're like, I don't want to answer all these questions, but I want to know how you've been doing business wise, right? I'm not, not that I'm not, to, you know, if you've had a couple of rough years, that's not going to discount you from licensing, but I want to know what is the acumen of yourself as a business owner? Cause I'm not, I'm not running your gym for you. I'm giving you this system that worked here for me in a case of one. And I'm giving you all the knowledge I have with micro gym university and your access to me and how I think things work in the industry. And I promise somebody, I think I have a good idea on that. But ultimately, you are the operator and owner of your own ship. So, I mean, if, if I give you the playbook and you don't execute on it well, I, that's going to be something that will probably end the license agreement, you know? And uh, so, I mean, the nice thing is, is I work with up to 40 gyms per month. And so I have some of these guys I've worked with for years. So some of them apply. They're probably going to get it or at least be at the top of the list because I know the acumen of that business owner. Because that's what I want a really small group. We're going to roll out between five and 10. I'm working with Jim Crowell, uh, former CEO of OPEX. He is, um, I'm consulting with him through this process because I've never done this. And he has, he's done it very successfully. And I, I, I 
I have mentors in different businesses and my real estate and all this other stuff. He will be the guy I work with and really look to for advice and guidance during this process. And he put it really, really well. Like the, the second someone puts their name on your building, like he saw his OPEX, they instantly like, all right, well, how, how are you going to make my business successful? Like I get leads in my door. Like people need to truly understand the difference between a license and, and, and a franchisee. And I'll have a CrossFit affiliate. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know you're a license model, but we're an affiliate model. I'm like, no, bro, it's the same thing. A license and an affiliate is the exact same thing. I'm just giving people a lot more with my license model than what you get with your license model. But everyone thinks like affiliate is actually like in a category. It's not a category. Affiliates are actually people who get like the codes and like, hey, hit my affiliate link. And if you buy it, I get 25 cents on that supplement that you got off my Instagram bio. That's an affiliate kid. No, CrossFit is a license. They license the name like Calvin Klein licenses their name. Yeah, I heard you. I was listening to some of your content recently breaking this down. And you, you said you were trying to take basically the best of both worlds, the best of a franchise and without taking so much of the cut and the best of a license where you're taking a smaller cut, but way more direction that you might get in a franchise. Can you break that down for us? Sure. It was, that was not how it was meant to be. I put all, I put a ton of money and effort into the franchise route. I've been talking with the metabolic guys and I was even talking, you know, with the corporate Leon guys like alchemy and like really figuring out how my franchise is going to work and what the price point is. And we had, you know, we just put it right around this like 245 to 260 ish kind of range mm -hmm. and then COVID. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm sitting here with like, let's call it like 49% of the work done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like in your FDDs franchise disclosure, actually have to start putting all this information together. What do I do now? Cause I don't believe I can hit the market with an unknown brand and without some, something stupid, powerful behind me and show up asking for that 250 or so. So I'm like, all right, we've already done swear. What if we were just a giving you like the same support of a franchise, but at the price of a license. And there are some people like I, dude, I got some emails where you guys are like you're fucking high if you think anyone's going to give you a thousand dollars a month for this thing like a thousand dollars like you're just instantly not the demo like someone who sees a thousand dollars a month to be a part of a bigger thing it's not the demo and i i because i believe like a thousand dollars a month is oh, that's, dirt it's that's it's nothing. dirt cheap it's especially cheap. if you're an urban you know I, urban environment cities a uh, hundred yeah. if you're there and if you're you know if you have the back end, I look at the cool thing with the franchise, like, okay, yes, you're going to get all this stuff that you get with a, a, a all the, with the license. You'll get all the support that you get with a franchise. You'll get better geographical protection. Most franchises do geographical protection based off chunks. So, all right, we'll allow one franchise for every 250,000 people in your town. So you could be in a city like, you know, Cleveland, Ohio with, 3 million people in it. And you could have a bunch of those locations and they might not be all yours if you didn't buy the territory. Right. So there's a lot there. I'm literally giving one per city limit. And even like I talked with Jim and some, I had some people like, bro, one per city limit, San Francisco's pretty big. You know, <laughs> uh, you might want to rethink that. It's like, listen, I, there's th 270, 300 major cities in the United States. I I'm fortunate enough. I have a economic engine and other things and other businesses that this is not need to like provide for my family to that degree to where if I sat on 10 of these, 20 of these, I think it would just be great. It would allow me to be like, holy shit, I actually did it. I actually like, I went from the pickup truck in the park. I made this CrossFit gym. I came up with this model that everyone thought was stupid. I did all these things. 
And then it actually caught on and people wanted to do it. And now this gym owner who is making, you know, $2,000 a month as the owner of a CrossFit gym, he flipped it to an urban, like I flipped my urban or into an urban and, and look at him now he's bringing home seven, eight grand a month. Like I'm, I, if I could do that, I think that'd be the best ending to my story, whatever I do with WTF or whatever, that would be like the, the crown, the, the pinnacle for me is that I, I took some of this stupid idea, a kid coming from a CrossFit world. And like, why is he, why did he get rid of the rig? Why are his barbells so short? Why did he put squares on the ground pre COVID idiot? And then be like, but bro, we got like 15 of these things across the country. That's kind of cool for me. I love that. Is there a, is there a, uh, like a mic drop moment where you're just gonna, you're just gonna be out of the gym industry altogether when, uh, I don't know anything about anything, man. I'm, I'm literally, <laughs> this is it. Like, that's all I know is like brick and mortar fitness. I'm, I'm getting really good with online fitness. I've got, I've had the amazing opportunity to silver lining in COVID to work with some cool online shops and, and interview people. Um, no, I don't think it'll be the mic drop moment. I like talking. I like being on camera too much. I like, <laughs> I have too much of an ego to ever put down the mic. I want to constantly talk. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to content stuff, but I want to keep going on this. Yeah. The one thing I think I had a question about the geographic location, is there an exception where you might have, let's say a husband and wife, you know, me and my brother, where we say, Hey, we're both agreeing to, we want another location in our city because we actually think it could build the brand. Would you be open to something like that? Or is it going to be a true hard stop? No, no, no. It's, it, it's only one licensee per town. So let's say I give it to you, Andrew, you could be like, cool. I have mine was successful, dude. I'm going to pop up six more. Cool. But it's still just you yeah. like, you know, your kind of scenario. So it's going to be one over kind of like how the cross, the one thing I thought the CrossFit affiliate scene did well is they, they, um, with their model is they didn't allow it to become franchised. The thing I think they made it hard is that they told people they can only own one. Yeah. Like I thought that was silly. Like what if I own CrossFit South End in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm killing it. And I want to own CrossFit North End. Like, sorry, bro. One affiliate per person. I thought that was really silly. So this would allow it's one licensee, but he may open up multiple licenses under his company. Or you could open up different shell companies and things like that, but it still roots back to that one. Cool. Is there going to be, um, like upsell opportunities where someone who needs more hands-on, like maybe someone like you have a better eye for facility and branding where they would be willing to pay more to have you come out and help with some of the build out if they're willing to put, put up more. They're, I mean, they, they're going to have the business development team. So I mean, pretty much it's Isaac and Deuce and they're going to have those two guys there. Cause they, I mean, they have been the two, if I'm the architect, they're my GCs. And they have literally put it all together. They've even come up with some of the ideas that we've created. I mean, in, in all honesty, they will have them. However, if they want beyond that, only if I had a consulting company, what would I do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They can hire WTF if they want individual. Like that's people always think like I do, uh, you know, one of these, you know, kind of like what big little gyms does or our two brain does or fucking I have no systems. I literally get on a call just like this one. And for an hour, we pick one or two of your problems come up with a tailored solution to it, how to execute on it. Now get the hell off the call, go execute on it, and then get back on a call with me when you have another problem. That's literally what I do. What's the problem? Here's the solution. Execute on it. I'll see you when you have another problem. Very much like a lawyer. Okay? So yes, sure. Will there be licensees that are like, no, I'm good with just the business support that we're already paying for? And there'll be some like, I'd actually really like you to help me like tailor create three promotional videos or create a, a personalized compensation plan, or I want a, a seven-year exit strategy for me getting out of this thing. I will 100% work with people individually on that, but that would be separate. Cool. Um, now, what 
what do you expect the investment to be outside of the 12K? Are you expecting people to be like, all right, yeah, 12K is going to me, but realistically, you're going to need to have a good 15, 20 grand for X, Y, and Z to be able to make this thing happen the way we need it. If this first generation of licensees will make money on their transition. So I, I did this. I got rid of all the obnoxious equipment. Again, this is a licensee does not have to do this. They do not have to get the rig. They do not have to get rid of their seven foot barbells. They don't have to put up rings and all this other stuff. However, if they truly want, if they're going to pay the money and they truly believe I've created something unique, then I would highly recommend follow this playbook. But we would sell off a ton of your old archaic equipment that by brand, by visual iconic brand would represent you as a CrossFit gym. That would be your rig. That would be your seven foot barbells. That would be whatever. And GHDs, all that silly shit. Things that don't lend itself well to operational capacity. They're great for fitness, bad for business. And you're instantly, when I sold my rig, I think it was a 64 foot rig. I think I sold the thing for like three grand. Do you know how much 24 pairs of gymnastics rings cost on AliExpress? I think I like, so let's say I made five grand in equipment that I sold. I spent, I think, $600 in rings and straps. And, uh, you know, I think I upgraded a few plyo boxes to the softer ones, something like that, right? So, like, it, it's, you're probably going to make money because you're sitting on lots of scrap metal. Doesn't make any sense. I promise you, we are all going to look back and we're going to look at these giant pull up rigs that we had in the middle of our business. And we're gonna be like, it's going to be like your mom's Nokia cell phone from 1995. You're going to be like, that's how did anyone ever use that? There's no way. We did. We did. There was just, it's just it, a lot of money hasn't been put into equipment evolution. I mean, the barbell's been a barbell forever. Iron plates have been iron plates. Bumper plates have been bumper plates. Trust me, you're going to, it's going to be on Kickstarter within the next 18 to 24 months. There are geniuses, smarter people than I, than you and me will ever, ever be working on engineering. You know, it's gonna be like a dumbbell handle like this, and then you can extend it into a barbell or something crazy like that made out of like NASA grade titanium. And it's just gonna, it's gonna be great. Things are gonna get smaller. It's just what 2020 is gonna do to the fitness industry and equipment sampling. Yeah, there's no better time to sell your equipment. I mean, if you wanna get the uh, highest percentage on the dollar, you're gonna get it right now. 100%. 100%. Nice. So do you have fear that, you know, because like, you have Microgym University wrap into this and you have basically some element of consulting. It's not your full consulting sure. with your team that you're going to have a lot of people that are not really all in that want to take this risk because there are the people that look at a thousand dollars a month that go, well, that really isn't that much to get full access to Microgym University, Stu, his team, all that stuff. Sure. hundred percent. Yeah. There'll totally be people that take us for a ride guaranteed a hundred percent, but it's like, uh, there's, there's a lot of chicks that are going to cheat on you too. But if you don't get out there and just fucking date around and see what's out there, I mean, like I have no, if someone literally was like, cool, here's the $12,000. And we'll, we have a monthly option as well, uh, where you just kind of finance over the 12 months, but like, let's say someone just 12, 12 K paid in full, took your stuff, never did anything. We just like, I just wanted to see what you did. And 12 K to me is nothing. I'm like, cool. It's yours. Do something with it. People have been stealing. Like, again, I make the, I make the YouTube videos and stuff where I like hunt down the guy who's using urban movement out in Colorado, or has been like so, the one video where someone literally stole the entire website, like page for page for page. Um, someone literally took urban movements, promo videos and put their logo on top of it. And like was running them in ads on Facebook. Like I, this stuff is, I, I you can't, 
IP is really not protectable in my opinion. So I have no problem sharing everything. I just really hope this first generation of licensees, I want a cool tight knit group. And because I'm obsessed with travel, I will be going on site. I will be helping people kind of look at their facility, how they would do this. And I want this, I would love to talk about it like in the old days. I'm like, dude, that first seven or eight of us that did the first series of urban movement licenses, it was so dope. Like it, it, it felt like a tight knit community, very much like how CrossFit felt to so many of us in the back in the early days. And the bigger and bigger something gets, you will lose that. And that's, you know, why I'm very, maybe it's practical or maybe I'm not, you know, shooting for the stars. But I really think it'd just be cool to have like 10. I mean, I know it seems like such a silly number. Like people are like, then why do it if you're not going to take over the world? Like, I don't know. I just think it'd be cool to like have one on each coast. And like when I go to Cleveland, like anyone listening to this, if you're in Cleveland, I might even help bankroll you because I just want an urban movement to work out at when I go see my family in Cleveland. So like hit me up. But like, I just love the idea of that being in a couple different places. I go visit Boston. I'd love to be able to go to an urban movement in Boston that someone's kicking ass with. I don't know. It just... It's not like this grand thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. I think, I mean, a lot of the most successful things start that way of just very, not super high expectations, but just like enjoying the process, doing it for the right reasons and seeing where it goes. You get this a lot. I know people start following your Instagram and things like that because they've heard of what you've done with your brand and your, in your business. And that's always was amazing to me. I was like, I was like, that's kind of cool. Someone's just kind of like checking us out digitally from afar, just keeping an eye on us. I like, like I, that, that felt made me feel good. And it wasn't until when we first really moved in there and I, my video content had started to evolve and like really show that process in 2016 and 17, I was going to build I mean, brother, I'm, I'm not even joking. I'd say we'd have two, three, four people a month just randomly sending emails and going to the website. Like, I have a layover. I'm changing flights. I'd like to come down. Can I grab coffee and do a workout? I want to meet. I've heard of Isaac. I'd like to meet Isaac. And I mean, that happens month after month. You know, you get these, you know, it's like, this is insane. Are we, have we created anything really unique yet? And in 2017, I was like, I think we have, but we got to sit on this shit for a second, guys. We can't be like, we can't get too cocky. And we had so much to learn. Like, I mean, people don't realize I started with four classes, four kick-ass, awesome, unique classes. And I'm like, this is it. We're down to one now. One awesome class. We have this Thrive one that I, I definitely think a lot of licensees could run with. But uh, we're currently just running with the one. And What's it, the one? Uh, the, the one, so Lift and Move is our signature okay. class. And then, you know, Deuce just ran with it. We took the works of Ian King, um, and a lot of guys that are like in the godfathers of tempo, like tempo training. And we mm -hmm. just literally, I, I, what Marcus Philly did for functional bodybuilding, I want to do in the realm of tempo training in the high intensity group fashion model. I'm obsessed with tempo, like to an, uh, to an, in, to an probably not even perfectly well-balanced fitness degree. Like to the point where like, it's, it's, if I'm lifting, it's either for a conditioning result and it's movements that align with conditioning, or if I'm lifting to get stronger because i want to look at my shirt off kind of scenario i have these specific tempos like he you know ian came up with uh you should never every rep should take four seconds his work his studies were based around the four second tempo and then me and deuce took that and put into our categories of absolute strength and hypertrophy and muscular endurance and and which tempos for which movements and how does that work in a build that's one of our class styles or a grind that's another one of our class styles or a sprint and and we just created this thing that you know i get crossroads to come into like Okay, cool. I thought you're full of shit. This is different. It's cool. Not my thing. You know, some people like, I don't, it's not my thing. I want to drop that barbell from overhead and I want to touch and go grace in, you know, two minutes, but I can, I can see where you, where you found a, an opening here. 
Yeah, that's cool. Man, I, uh, when was Urban Movement open? 20, April 1st, 2017. 2017. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So when you, you know, do you think, do you think that with this small group that it's going to be jeopardized if you get one or two of those bad apples? Like, I feel like you're, you're pretty loose about, you know, who could be in this group, but you know, you also really want this tight knit family. I feel, and I feel like if someone's in there, that's not carrying their weight, even though they're in a different city that it could kind of take away from that. So I'll look at it like this. We will not be loose at all. So the way it's going to work, everyone that's sent in uh, interest right now, right? Whatever number that number is up to now, they are all going to be getting the application form after the first of the year. They will have a month because it's lengthy, a month to get us back the application. And then they get to schedule their Zoom interview. They will be interviewed by me and staff. And that will be the first one. Probably what happens after that, we narrow down the list and I fly out. And I go meet people on site. I look at what the hell you're doing. I might not tell them I'm coming right then and there. I might just pop in. But I'm going to be super specific on that first group. What I won't be, what I, what I won't be fearful of, what I won't let stop and slow me down is the idea of being wrong on somebody. Like I generally, I'm very much like give them the benefit of the doubt kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, I also will not look at the success of that first generation as someone who's not doing so well business-wise. I mean, literally, like it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, when Obama moved into office, I was like, well, dude, he just moved in after the economic reset. Like, that's a tough gig, buddy. That's a tough gig. And, and you know, Biden now and like, but I'm, I'm opening these guys up, you know, or helping them open their new thing up out of something that none of us ever planned for. So someone's, you know, having a, a rough start. And I'm not gonna look at them like, hey man, you're dragging down the back. All of us are killing it and you're, you're profitless. Uh, you gotta go. That's, that's not the end goal. Again, it's, I believe we all align with unique beliefs in fitness. It's why we all started with CrossFit. We saw CrossFit as something unique, truly unique. It's why people go out spinning. They believe that's truly unique or Marcus Philly's functional bodybuilding. It's truly unique. And Jim Jones, I mean, all these guys, it all starts with a unique belief in fitness. So that's the one thing I haven't done a great job with that we're now sitting on terabytes of footage, but the unique, the, the tempo training, the unique belief in fitness, why you'll do this tempo at this amount for a grind workout that has these kind of movements in it and why you do no tempo in a sprint. And I'm going to publish all of it. It's all going to be published. It's all going to be out there. People can steal it and do it in their garage or do it in their gym. I don't care. I'm not afraid of anyone taking my thing because those that are like, oh, bro, like, I like your thing. I've been following your thing. Stu, I, I love a good F-bomb. I would totally love to, I would be honored to be in our urban movement in Chicago. There'll be enough of those. And if I'm looking for like 10 to 20 of these guys that want to let women and whoever that like want to do that, that's good enough for me. So we will, the one thing for anyone listening in, cause I, you know, we got like, I need to know more about the fitness methodology. I'm like, that's the one thing I didn't create enough. I, I, I was so deep in the business side of the whole thing. So, um, but don't worry, the fitness-based methodology around what we call tempo training um, is, is getting published. It can be published at a very rapid, almost waterfall, drinking from a water faucet or a, a hose kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, do you expect everyone in this first group to do the programming that you guys put out? Not at all. I actually don't want them to. We will provide what Urban and Movement HQ is like the Charlotte location is doing if you want to follow along. Um, Movement Anywhere, our app will also have a fresh workout up there as well daily. However, I want you to like, these are just ingredients, kids. 
I've come up with a cool template of recipe. I, I definitely think I have. You do your own. I want to. I want to try some of your workouts. I want to. I want to mess with the the urban movement in, you know, uh, Sedona. I want to try their workouts. Um, yeah, no, I I wouldn't care. Like one people like, is it gonna be like NC Fit? Like they've got like no no no. Jason and them crush the coaching development app world. That we will not go there. That's not going to be where we're going to play. We will go into education. Talking about programming and fitness and exercise fizz is the side of me nobody knows because I do WTF and I talk business all the time. That's the thing that I could probably nerd out and geek out on just as much. And I'm really excited to kind of crack that open again. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there, there will be plenty of education there, but I, I kind of, I want people to be creative. I want actual fitness professionals to do what fitness professionals do, which is take the ingredients and mess around with it and tweak the recipes a little bit. Stu, taste this. Like, holy shit, that tastes good. What did you do to it? Let's let, tell me, share with me. That's what I want. What about the, uh, pick a spot model? How, how many gyms do you see taking that on? Is that going to be across the board? Oh, I think COVID fixed that for me. I was like, I mean, I had like, you know, I've got my little scripts. I'm like, all right, how am I going to convince? It's like, you know, January in 19 or 2020. I'm like, how am I going to convince these guys that to bring RX signs out like I did and have them put squares down? And I'm like, I remember having this conversation with Isaac, like, she's like, no one's going to do it. I'm like, I know, but like a couple of them might do it and that might catch on. And then COVID hit and now everyone's got gaffers tape and just put in the spots on the floor. And I was like, cha-ching, there we go. Like it's, it's proven now. Because if you see in the CrossFit affiliate owners groups and these gym owner groups, like people are like, I'm not getting rid of it. I like the organization. My members like it. I don't like the mask and I don't like having to spray everything down every three seconds, but I like the idea of a spot. Now, if I can just get them to break the belief that the current equipment they have, like pull-up rigs and uh, wall balls and handstand push-ups, things that make you deviate from that model – are way less uh, quality customer experience. And, uh, and from a fitness perspective, just shitty. Just in my opinion, a handstand pushup is a shitty, shitty, everyone listening one more time, shitty movement. If you can do it strict, phenomenal. That's the best version of it. It's like being a drunk driver who got home safely and didn't kill anybody. Okay. That's it though. Every other version of that handstand pushup, teaching 40, 40 pound overweight women to kick up to a wall, letting Johnny, who can barely dumbbell Z press a pair of 20s, let him go and kipping through there like he's trying to suck his own dick. I cannot stand it. And like, I want to rage war on stuff like that. I was waiting for that to come. I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We still do strict handstand push ups. We do not I like, do I like a strict. I like, I do. I really do. I just, I don't see wasting the time in class and embarrassing somebody and creating the prerequisite of can you kick upside down? Like, we use yeah. the entire 60 minutes, come in, sit on your butt, Z press, kettlebell, dumbbell, torpedo, barbell, maybe like Z press, like that will get, that will get your shoulders as bolder or whatever you want out of your shoulders as you need. And guess what? You don't have to have a red face. Like I would get done. I'm Irish. Any of you Irish people out there, you want, if you ever kicked up to a handstand, put a wall for a long series, you come down. It looks like you got AIDS. Like your face is all broken out red. I've got blood, but like splotches on my forehead. It just, it's not a pretty look. No, it's not. So <laughs> what are the, uh, you know, again, you're, I'm, I'm trying to kind of to figure out where the line is with you. Cause you know, what are going to be like the red flags or the deal breakers in the interview process? Is it just dogs in the gym? What's going to be the, uh, yeah, I mean, like what yeah. if someone's like, Hey, I want to do the model, but I want to do handstand pushups in class. You I, know? I won't, I won't regulate that because again, I look at like, I'm going to keep using the food analogy, like a chef. I, I might not like the taste of it, 
but if you already, you already have a membership base, like, and that's what they like to taste, go for it, man. I'm not, I, you know, I, I'm going to publicly talk about why I think it's a crap movement, but if you rock it out, then go for it. Cause here's the thing, realistically, what am I going to do? I'm going to do what CrossFit South did. I'm going to retrofit CrossFit. Realistically, there'll be a handful of guys that do concepts. Like they've never done a facility and they want to do this. That's fine. But it will mostly be me retrofitting facilities. But if you're even stepping into the urban movement, like this Venn diagram of like my brain and CrossFit's brain and if urban movement's the middle, if you're even stepping into that, you probably align with my movement philosophy for the most part. But no, I, w- I will not, nor could I legally enforce that as a license. Mm-hmm. I might, you know, if you do something else, again, dogs in the gym, again, I, that's, I, it's not my flavor. I don't recommend it. But if I came down there, I'd pet the shit out of your dog. I'd love it. I won't allow it in my gym. I won't let do it in mine, but I'll come to your gym and visit in Daytona beach and see your Daytona beach pup and running around and having a good time. I'll just be like, bro, listen to each their own. Like we don't have to drink the same whiskey. We don't have to like the same football teams, nor do we have to maybe have those same practices. So that will not be it. Um, the big things, obviously the biggest, biggest things that would do that are going to be things like, uh, uh, literally just running across the facility nothing changes, like nothing changes. And you believe for whatever idiotic reason that putting an urban movement logo on your building will somehow bring you people. Like it will, or it doesn't, it doesn't bring people in. Everyone, I got in that huge discussion with uh, someone, Tim Noonan, some, he's a real, uh, he's a fella out of, uh, I don't know, somewhere overseas. He's got a gym and he's like, man, urban movement doesn't have any brand power. Like nobody knows what it is. I'm like, you're t- my mom barely knows what it is. Like, of course it, no, it doesn't. He's like, then why would anyone buy it? I'm like, bro, you know, like the first 3000 of us in CrossFit affiliate land, CrossFit didn't have any brand power back then. You know how many people I had to tell what CrossFit was? And they're like, I still don't get it. It's like cross training. That was like the first like 3000 affiliates until 2011 when Reebok jumped in and then there was some power behind it. And then we, you know, we had the glory days of CrossFit, but every brand starts off on Kickstarter that no one's ever heard of besides like 500 people who pledged, you know, 350 for this new, you know, gadget. That's how branding works. So like, if you want, oh, you want something with star power? Oh, that's a franchise homie. And that's 250 grand or 350 grand. Yeah. I think that's the advantage of, of, you know, you're enabling you to have these looser restrictions is because it's not like someone can just slap it on the door and expect success. They're going to have to really want to embrace, you know, the things that you always talk about in your content to really want to do this. Correct. Because licensees do not guarantee revenue. They don't guarantee the result. That's the difference. Like a franchise, if anyone who's gone through franchise, uh, maybe process you in your FDD docs, you have to supply very tight financials saying that this location with 3,500 square feet did $62,714 on average per month over three years. And you have to show that this exact recipe created this kind of taste profile. With licensing, I can't because you're right. I'm going to have a facility that's shaped like an L. And I'm going to have a facility that's going to be 4,000 square feet. And I'm going to have one that's seven. Like I can't guarantee a result in licenses because of all the different variables to it. So anyone listening to this, you don't sign up for a license because you believe it's a guaranteed result, nor do do I ever will ever feel obligated for your business success. What I'm obligated to you is to provide you a white space model 
and go and if you, we'll talk maybe if I need to define what white space is, but it's a white space model that is better branded than any independently owned micro gym you could probably find with a team around it and a system around it that's done for you. It is a done for you brand. It's not done for you business. That makes sense. It's still yeah. up to you to run it, kill it, hire the right people, fire the wrong people, bring the clients in. The one thing, obviously, with my chops, I love marketing. I love branding. You'll have access to all of our marketing videos. We'll be shooting new ones every quarter. All the campaigns, Facebook ads and all that, they'll all be there for you to plug and play and apply if you want, but you don't have to, you know, you'll apply to you to, or uh, apply those ads that we will give you guys and campaigns and all that stuff, but you don't have to. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely not a done for you business. This is just uh, now you get to actually be a unique in your market so that the Orange Theories and the CrossFits, they're Orange Theories and CrossFits. You now have this white space dead in the middle where you just own because there's not that many white space models. Yeah, I love it. I love that distinction. And I, I love that value proposition for these future urban movement gyms of like, I think that's what so many gyms struggle with is kind of the branding and marketing. It sounds like a lot of that is just going to be plug and play. If they can learn just the basics about some of these Facebook ads and Google stuff, um, they're going to have a lot of the photos and videos already done. They're going to be able to just use the stuff that you're already using, correct? Oh, hundred percent. And then all the new stuff we'll be creating. Like we'll still create, like we still create promo videos every other, every month, almost every other month, quarterly, we're creating stuff. We have 500 to 800 new photos taken every single one. People are like, well, wait, they're not my members. Trust me, prospects don't care. Social media exists to get new clients. It doesn't exist for that. Put the pictures of your members in your private Facebook group. But there's a line in the, the social networking movie, where the Facebook movie, the Zuckerberg, mm -hmm. and he, you know, he's talking to the Winklevoss twins and they're like, oh, you stole Facebook. He goes, if you were really the creators of Facebook, you would have created Facebook. And that line resonates me with this so much because so many micro gym owners are great operators, great trainers and coaches. They're good people. They're even maybe decent at business. However, all those aside, none of that empowers you to creatively make a model that is unique. That's why if you and me toured, if me and Andrew like screw, we're, we're, business is good for us. We're going to take a 60 days off. We're going to do the Stu and Andrew vlog, traveling the country, I'm down. Name the time. I got to bring my kids with me though. So. That's fine. Bring yours. I'll, bring, I'll bring Gus. Um, and we're going to travel around and we're going to go in all these gyms. We could do a montage of every gym we went into and 2% of them would actually, would you be able to differentiate that actually looks, feels, sounds, tastes difference. The rest of them all got this warehouse CrossFit kit that I joke about all the time. And it's the owner's inability to create something new. And that's the hardest thing. That's why there's 16,000 CrossFit affiliates and only a few offshoots, only one metabolic. That's an offshoot of CrossFit. Only one urban mm. movement, only one NC fit, only one alchemy 365, only one Evo fit. Like there's very few, very successful offshoots that actually created something unique, not just, well, it's, it's CrossFit light. We just call it sweat. And it just doesn't have a barbell. Like, no, actually something unique. And um, that's the hard part. That's, but it's, that's what I've done for you. So it's just like, if you align with this thing and you like it, then, you know, babe, you can pick up what I'm putting down. And if not, rock on. Cause I still think CrossFit gyms, I'll make sure I try to say it on every podcast I, I go on. 
I still think a CrossFit box could be so – it's still a profitable business entity. You're living proof of that. All these, There's so many examples of very successful CrossFit affiliates. It's the ones that are like, I, I got into CrossFit. And I think it's because they thought the name was going to do a lot of the work for them. And now it's like – and I just can't be a regular CrossFit show anymore. I want to be something more than that, but I don't know how to create that something more. I've been racking my brain and racking my brain. It's like, I would have loved to have thought of a better way to work out when I was 12, but I didn't. You know who fucking did? G Glassman. He came up with it. And I just saw it and ran with it. And did what? Did we think there wasn't going to be other iterations of people coming up with amazing, like different ways to do things after Glassman? It was him. He was just going to, he was the last guy to ever come up with a new way of doing it. No. There's different variations of it. And, and I'm just, uh, I, you know, I hope a, a handful of people recognize that and what we've created with Urban. Yeah. Is there any future where you would go back to the franchise model that you almost did this past year? Um, I, you know, I, we thought about that once. I think once you kind of, you know, you let the genie out of the bottle on the, the licensing thing and you start doing that. It, and it's, if it's successful, like why it will get more expensive. I'll say that like $12,000, the cheapest it'll ever be. That'll be for generation one. And then I just want to have this very good group that I can bring in front of anybody and I can travel and get whip my camera out and tell their stories. And then the next generation will be more expensive uh, because I, there's a, there's an influx. There's a certain number of these that once we get it, my staff has to double, right? Like things like that support has to get bigger, which gets more expensive. Hmm. Cool. Um, nice. Anything else that we didn't talk about? Didn't touch yeah, on. I know we were jamming out before, you know, before I knew you hit record, but for anyone listening to this, like you have to like, in, if you're like, I'm not, not doing a, an urban movement. So here's the value to get out of this. If you want to grow your business and you want to, you want to sail away a happy gym owner, there are very few options there. I, it's not selling your gym. You've interviewed, you've talked to enough people who sell their gyms and things like that. It, it, like micro gyms, independently owned mom and pop shops do not sell at a valuation that generally is retirable, that it, it doesn't. You generally lose money on the deal because it is a buyer's market, not a seller's market because there's 16,000 affiliates out there and none of them are uniquely special. If you create something uniquely special and you want to sell it, that's a different story. But I truly like, I, I sit down with guys and say, what's your exit? Ah, you know, I, you know, you either hand it down to your kid. You sell it, which we just kind of discounted there. That's going to be very difficult for you. Um, or number three, you replicate it. And I'm, I'm sorry, number three would be you keep it and earn it as passive income. But the only problem with that, everyone, you know, I had uh, some of these gym owners turned gurus, this new segment on the podcast, the guys that yeah. are like, I sold my gym. And why didn't you keep it? Passive income, right? Like I don't work inside Urban Movement and it makes me money. So I wouldn't sell it. Like, why, why would I get rid of the check? Because, they, now granted, I don't, I'm not saying that's why these gurus turn, or gym owners turn gurus. This is why they did it. Every micro gym owner, you yourself, you have a big, you've got a big operation. What are you? Two people removed. If your top two guys quit, died, COVID, got hit by a bus today, you'd be back in the business working heavily on Monday. Oh, uh, this week I've been coaching a lot of classes and that's the thing. No one talks about in the micro gym industry. I did an entire podcast on it guys in the micro gym scene. If you're just gonna be that independent owner who wants to like, I build it up and I walk away. I love that story. I did it. You're doing it, but you're only one, two or so people removed. If they die, quit, whatever, bro, you're right back in it. Like 
I like uh, when COVID hit, I hadn't scrubbed the floors with a bulldog scrubber in years, right? I hadn't coached that many classes, but when COVID hit, I was like, oh God, okay. Uh, go into, you know, smart entrepreneur mode, shut down all major expenses, right? Save cash. That put me back in there. And it was so quick to be like, oh my God, what is, what is this whole thing? Like this, I had, I was living easy street and now I'm back in here grinding my ass off. Like I was in 2014. So, and I say all this guys, because the only other option I listed three passive, you know, kind of collecting the check and being a removed owner, being the third one, the fourth, you create something that is replicatable and desired to be replicated. Somebody wants to pay you to put your name on their house, on their building. And that's what I think a lot of guys, and we talked, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think that's going to be a unique model. I think you're going to be able to do it. I think, you know, you kind of remind me a lot what Steve Pinker did, did honestly. Um, he created Evo Fit, which started as Vitality Reboot, like a boot camp kind of scenario. And he completely just created this its own monster. And there's now gyms across the country that do Evo Fit and they pay Steve for the license and the this and the that. I, uh, I think guys that have the aspirations and actually have the chops to sit back and say how to create something different and they know how, I think licensing or franchising is so in your future as your business plan. Like your, that's like your exit. Like that's your like, okay, well the gym, you know, yeah, I'm always kind of removed it by two people, but we're also bringing in X amount of revenue per year in our license model. And it allows me to still be a gym owner and be in that world, but I, I don't have to be doing the stuff. Like I've kind of evolved my position. I just think that's something that, uh, that a lot of people are going to be looking at it. And I hope, like, I hope I've, and I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck it up a lot. And I hope I, I'll keep making the content as to how I mess it up and how you guys can avoid my mess ups. But yeah, I, I would love to run into someone in 10 years. It's be like, Hey man, I remember when you did that with urban and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And I've got four locations right now that are licensed or franchised out. And it, like that again, would be an awesome moment for me. I love that. So I have to ask you before you go, what is the, uh, the future of your content look like for you personally? I, you know, we've seen, the vlog and we haven't seen as much of the vlog, but you've still been producing. You got the show now. What, yeah. What's the future look like? So uh, with the, once travel got kicked down, I need like, that's the only interesting part of the vlog is like when people are coming and going and I'm going places. So I did the WTF gym talk show, which I love. That's great. Um, uh, it's going to be a long form podcast. It is going to be me traveling. I've got an awesome guest list lined up already and I will be traveling and I'll be going into people's homes, their gyms, their offices, and I'll be bringing it, I'll be doing a la Joe Rogan, very long form, two and a half hour long form discussions, asking, asking the questions nobody's asked. I, I want to talk to, you know, you know, people have made relationships with it. I want to ask Miranda Alcarez what it was like publicly going through a divorce when she had like her boo, her new guy right there on the side, it was all on Instagram for the world to see. How did that impact her? How did that deviate from her thing? I want to talk to Kelly Starrett about the, uh, you know, it just had him on the podcast. He was, that was a crazy moment for me, but like, I want to go to his place in San Francisco and sit down and be like, what's it like to be known as the, you know, when you have this entire staff and everyone looks at you as like, oh, he's got that, that uh, supple leopard money. He's got that ready state money. He'll keep the gym open forever. Like, what's the burden of coming up with a multi-million dollar company off 365 videos on your iPhone, the mobility one? Like, what was that like to go from making dog shit videos to having millions of dollars coming at you off one year of making content? Like, I, I, I want to talk to Jason Kalipa about his daughter. I want to like have the, I want to ask the questions that people think on podcast when you and me are interviewing people. 
because we're talking topic specific. Yeah. Right. Like you might want to see her like, Stu, didn't you get divorced last year? Like, yeah, I did. Andrew was like, what the fuck happened? Are you banging a client? Like what's going on? Like, have you ever, you, I heard you interview that kid, you know, um, about mushrooms. Have you ever done mushrooms? Like I want to have those Rogan like conversations where we just kind of get lost and the audience gets to learn so much about the person being interviewed that they literally feel like they have that intimate relationship with. And anyway, that is the 2021. I will be back on the road traveling. COVID be fucking damned um, and interviewing people. We better come to South Florida. I will. I will 100% <laughs> will. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Sue. Anything else you want to hit on before before we go? Where can people find the application? Find yeah, out more about guys. Just go to uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram is the fastest way, or, in, or shoot a DM to Urban Movement on Instagram, and let them know you're interested in a license or you'd like to learn more about it, and we'll get you uh, we'll get you over some information. But I, I first off, man, I cannot. I literally for everyone listening to this, this is how cool Andrew is. I literally shot Andrew an audio message. I said, bro, if I was ever to call in a favor, this would be it. I'm going on my podcast circuit. I want to talk about the license thing. Can I literally come on your show and talk about this? And you went in a heartbeat. Like that was Monday. Was that Monday that we had that conversation? Yeah. Today's Wednesday, today's Thursday or whatever, bro. I you you were one of the coolest dudes out there. I've loved watching your podcast grow over time, and I you know I know I saw you guys doing your immersions. You're having people come down to your spot. You're doing good shit, dude. I'm I'm, I'm really proud of you. And uh, please, I, I thank you so much for giving me the attention of your audience. It means the world to me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Sue. Always great talking to you.